Welcome to this episode of Disease Du Jour on Equine Coronavirus, brought to you by Merck Animal Health. Because of the global crisis and rising death tolls surrounding the 2019 novel coronavirus outbreak in humans that was thought to have started with exposure to small animals in Wuhan, China, U.S. veterinarians are getting questions from horse owners because horses get coronavirus. Our guest for this episode of Disease Du Jour on Equine Coronavirus is Dr. Nicola Hurstela. He is a professor of equine internal medicine and dentistry at the University of California Davis School of Veterinary Medicine. His research focus is on equine infectious diseases with an emphasis on molecular epidemiology. Dr. Pustula also leads the UC Davis Equine Infectious Disease Research Laboratory. Thank you, Dr. Pustula, for joining us today on Disease Du Jour to talk about equine coronavirus. Morning, Kim. Glad to be here with you. Okay, How can I help you? Well, let's just start right in on does equine coronavirus affect humans? And what should veterinarians be saying to horse owners who ask these questions? That's a very challenging question, Kim. And the reason for that is if, if you look at coronavirus in humans, most of the recent outbreak I've seen affecting the respiratory tract actually were coronaviruses that originated from other animal species. Coronavirus is known to be very host-specific, which means that a very specific coronavirus will stay within the host. However, occasionally, and we truly don't understand why, it's probably pressure and interaction between different species. When coronaviruses jump species like it has happened recently and we've seen coronavirus species from bats adapting to other host species that new virus is generally more virulent in a new host species so we need to go back and and consider well where did equine coronavirus come from and the answer is we truly don't know but if we genetically look and compare the make the makeup of these horses, or excuse me, of these viruses at the level of the genetic material, it looks like equine coronavirus is very similar to the bovine analog, so the bovine coronavirus. And and one truly could make the assumption that because of the close husbandry between livestock and equids that equine coronavirus may actually have originated from the bovine coronavirus. Now that's a jump to say that equine or bovine coronavirus represent a risk to humans. There's absolutely no evidence to show that any of these two viruses, the one that we are more likely to interact with as equine veterinarian or large animal veterinarians are likely to jump into the human species. That said, we need to be careful when we deal with these animals and follow you know basic biosecurity protocol but i just want to make it clear that you know within with with information that we have today i would say equine coronavirus and bovine coronavirus are no threat to human beings okay well that's good well let's let's give veterinarians and our audience just a little basics on what is equine coronavirus. Well, maybe let's let's talk about what is coronavirus in general. And if you look at, at these viruses, a group of 
a large group of what we call positive strand RNA viruses that are very well adapted to a variety of avian and mammalian species. The interesting part of these viruses is that they have a tropism, an affinity to specific organ system. And if you look at the various coronaviruses that are out there, they can affect you know, a variety of organ systems, the lungs, the respiratory tract, the GI tract, the central nervous system, and the liver, just to name a few. If, if we look at specifically the way these viruses are classified, they're, they're classified in, in a variety of, of groups, of categories, based on their genetic makeup. Equine coronavirus is in a class, it's called the beta coronavirus genus, and it shares that genus with other closely related viruses. And one of them is, as I mentioned early on, bovine coronavirus. This is a virus that in the cattle industry causes respiratory disease in calves and causes winter dysentery diarrhea in adult cows. Kind of interesting and the same virus can cause different clinical entities. Now if you look at equine coronavirus in general and, and you try to look at the literature and how relevant this virus is, this is a virus that's been well recognized and detected in falls for many decades, falls with diarrhea. And it's actually a very nice study that was done a few years ago from central Kentucky that looked at the overall frequency of the detection of equine coronavirus in feces of falls with diarrhea, as well as healthy falls without diarrhea. And what they found in that study is that the overall frequency of detection was not significantly different. It was very similar. It was in the range of you know, 25 to 27% of falls with diarrhea and, and healthy falls without diarrhea having equine coronavirus detectable in the feces, which then brings the question, well, how pathogenic is this virus in falls? I'm talking specifically here specifically um, in, in the context of falls. And, and that's still open. Um, one theory is that equine coronavirus in falls can be a primary etiology for an enteritis, so causing inflammation of the small intestine, or potentially it predisposes these falls to other enteric diseases. So looking at it as a comorbidity. So that's the context of falls. And for many years, there hasn't been any evidence of coronavirus in adult horses. And the first reports actually have all originated from Japan, where they experienced various outbreak at race courses, where interesting, they, they use racing draft horses and experienced fairly dramatic outbreak in the early 2000s involving sometimes you know 30 to 40 percent of these racing draft horses and these horses would show signs such as lethargy going off feed and mainly elevated rectal temperature with a minority of these horses actually displaying gi signs and that i think it's one of the characteristic of this virus despite the fact that this virus has an affinity to the gastrointestinal tract, 
it does not always cause either colic or diarrhea. So the greater focus today since these reports in the early 2010 is that we have seen an increased report of equine coronavirus in adult horses, leading to clinical signs that are generally what I call generic. This is the horse that is febrile, not doing too well, a little bit lethargic, going off feed. And in somewhere between 10 to 15 or even 20% of the horses, we will also experience or see GI signs. And these would be colic as well as changes in fecal character. That's really interesting that the, the same virus can affect the animals in different ways and that the adults seem to be uh, being recognized more with the clinical signs. So how is this equine coronavirus spread? Like any other enteric organism, it, it is spread through what we call fecal oral contamination. As you can imagine an adult horse or even a foal that is infected with experience a coronavirus infection will shed the organism through the feces. Now a horse that has diarrhea will produce a large volume of feces and I'll produce something like you know 80 to 90 liters of fecal matter on a daily basis. So you can imagine that that fecal material that hits the ground is a great source for contamination of the environment. And it's easy to see how, let's say, a, a facility shared space, a wash rack, a paddock, or shared equipment, cleaning equipment, feeding equipment, riding equipment, grooming equipment can act as a source of infection when these viruses that generally don't survive in the environment for a long period of time, but if these viruses are on surfaces or are in water or even feed, and these are ingested by susceptible animal, that susceptible animal can end becoming infected with coronavirus and then potentially develop the clinical energy. So is there some biosecurity? I mean, how long does coronavirus live in the environment? And is there some biosecurity tips that you can offer to veterinarians to share? There is no specific data that tells us specifically for equine coronavirus how long the virus will actually survive in the environment. There are parallel studies in human looking at some of the respiratory coronaviruses that have been done looking at the viability of this virus. And we know that the viability depends a lot on ambient temperature as well as humidity and the biological material the virus is surrounded by. So we need to assume that equine coronavirus, even under the best environmental condition, has a fairly short survival time. And I would say probably up to two to three days on the perfect conditions. Okay, and when we're talking about equine coronavirus, what kind of clinical signs are we gonna be looking for, you know, in adults and foals? The Disease Du Jour podcast is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. Learn more about Merck's equine products at merck-animal-health-usa.com.
that's probably the biggest challenge when it comes to equine coronavirus, mainly because, as I mentioned earlier on, being a virus that affects the gastrointestinal tract, this is a virus that will cause enteritis, inflammation of the small intestine, in adult horses as well as in foal. And one would expect that every animal infected with coronavirus may end developing GI signs. Unfortunately, that's not the case. Only 15 to 20% of clinically affected horses, I'm talking adult horses, will end developing either colic and or diarrhea. However, most of the horses that have a clinical presentation of coronavirus infection will develop anorexia, they'll go feet, they'll be lethargic, and they'll have an elevated rectal temperature. And the rectal temperature you know, will vary somewhere between 101.5 up to 105, 105 or 106. Is, we, we looked at a, a large group of horses a few years ago, over 130 adult clinically affected horses, and we had a, a median temperature of 104, but that range, as I said, ranged from what we considered elevated rectal temperature, 101.5 up to 106. So the, the difficulty in recognizing this condition is that not every adult horse infected with coronavirus will develop GI signs. And that is relevant because, as a veterinarian, if I see a horse that is lethargic and febrile and has normal fecal character, I may not pursue the GI part as the origin for the fever. On the other side, if a horse presents with fever, lethargy, and diarrhea, that's kind of a no-brainer. I would definitely suspect an infection etiology and use fecal material for various tests. And, and that's truly one of the challenges. You know, if you ask veterinarians, if you see a horse with fever, lethargy, and anorexia, an acute, per-acute onset, what biological samples are you more likely to collect to find the ideological agents? And in generally, veterinarians will definitely use blood. I'll run a CBC and determine, you know, what's, what's going on with the total nucleated cell count, is the evidence of an early viral infection, and we definitely see that. But if we ask veterinarians, what biological sample would you collect to detect the organism? Most veterinarians will actually collect a nasal swab and pursue the respiratory infection rather than the GI infection. But if you are, um, if, if you're, if you were recommending to a veterinarian and you suspect it might be coronavirus, then would you suggest a fecal uh, sample be tested? So if you look at the diagnostic, the perfect diagnostic sample is fecal material. We're looking at feces and the detection of the organism in the feces. And historically, there have been various ways to detect the organism via electron microscopy, via antigen capture ELISA. And these are tests that still do work and are still applicable. However, they definitely lack sensitivity. That's not as precise and accurate in detecting the virus. The diagnostic platform today has really moved towards quantitative PCR. You're probably familiar with it. That's the detection of small target gene in the feces in using a technology that is highly reliable, fairly cost-effective, highly sensitive, 
and specific with a very short turnaround time. To me, there are two scenarios. The first scenario is an adult horse with clinical signs that are compatible with an enteric condition. We're looking at a horse that is febrile, lethargic, and has diarrhea. I would recommend the veterinarians to take a fecal sample and submit that sample to the laboratory of choice and then determine the presence, not just coronavirus, but using parallel strategy and looking at a variety of enteric organisms associated with enterocolitis. So that would be the first scenario. The second scenario is a horse with these, what I call generic signs. A horse is not, is not doing right, is off feed, and is febrile. Maybe the blood work is compatible with an early viral infection. In an instance like that, I would recommend the venerian to collect nasal secretion, a nasal swab, as well as feces, and submit both biological samples to the laboratory of choice. The idea is that if the venins feel strongly that this may be a respiratory infection, then the nasal swab should be analyzed for a variety of respiratory pathogens. On the other side, if that respiratory swab shows no evidence of any viral respiratory pathogen, then the venin has the option to then move and ask the laboratory to actually analyze the fecal sample without too much downtime into shipping that fecal sample. In an instance where we're dealing with an outbreak, we're generally running out of time. And, and still today, the limiting factor is the shipment. It still takes 24 hours to ship a sample from the veterinarian's place to the laboratory. So having the strategy that you actually ship more samples to the lab and be very selective on what you test allows the veterinarian to call back in the next day and say, you know that fecal sample that I submitted yesterday? Well, today, please, you know, pursue and then do additional testing on that fecal sample. That's just a different strategy that allows us to gain a little bit of time and minimizing the downtime of having to go back, take a fecal sample, and having to wait an extra 24 hours until that sample gets to the diagnostic laboratory. Well, that's a great trip, tip for veterinarians. Now, whether you have an adult or a foal, what are the treatment options that veterinarians can pursue with equine coronavirus? So I want to be clear on that. There is no specific treatment for coronavirus. There's no antiviral drugs that we know of that has been used or is, or is in the process of being investigated. Coronavirus infection in foals and adult horses is a self-limiting disease with a high morbidity but a very low mortality rate, which means that most of horses, adult or foals, infected with coronavirus will survive and will recover fairly quickly. What we generally recommend in these cases is supportive treatment, which means that whatever the horse needs to overcome this infection should be given to this horse. If the horse has severe watery diarrhea, losing water electrolyte, has acid-base shift, then the horse will require to be put on IV fluid and have all the adjustment to actually correct the deficit, electrolyte deficit, and the horse's fluid deprive, then restore hydration status, and so on. 
If the horse is febrile, then anti-inflammatory antipyretic drugs will definitely help that horse to regain uh, appetite, be able to you know, feel better, and overcome this infection. Most of these horses that, that we see and hear about, um, so there's this two group of horses, the one that I've seen out there in the field that generally either don't require any treatment or required moderate supportive treatment, some form of anti-inflammatory, maybe some enteral fluids or parenteral fluids. The one that we see in the hospital will be the one that have a more severe condition, the most severely affected, require the same type of treatment, but more continuously need to be monitored a bit closer and need to be treated a little bit longer. Okay. And is there any prevention that can be done um, if coronavirus is in your area, equine coronavirus, or if you have a full crop each year? I mean, is, is there anything that can be done to prevent this virus? Like any viral diseases, 100% protection doesn't exist. There is no vaccine today that we know of that would actually protect horses from developing the clinical disease. Now, like any other infectious diseases, the best protection is using common sense day-to-day biosecurity protocols. And these would include, and that's true not just for venerians, that's true for any person that is involved with the equine industry, is to use good hygiene, good cleanliness, using common sense protocols such as you know, reducing the likelihood of transmission by minimizing nose-to-nose contact, cleaning the stall properly. Anytime there is fecal material, definitely around the sick horse, being very careful with that material, removing it, disposing of it, and disinfecting the size, monitoring horses. goes a lot to knowing that a horse is sick and acting on that sick horse. If a horse is sick and febrile, isolating the horse, having the venins do the right diagnostic procedure to figure out if the horse is infected and if the horse is infected with a contagious organism. It's a matter of recognizing, acting upon, and taking the right precautions so to minimize the spread. Well, those are some great tips. Is there anything else that uh, you would like to add to this discussion on equine coronavirus? Well, I think we've, we've, we've covered everything. What, what we still need to know, this is a fairly new disease in adult horses, and, and there's a lot of information that we don't know. The whole epidemiology, I'm just, you know, bringing up some idea why is it that you know this disease or this pathogen doesn't have the same clinical impact in fall that we see in adult horses and there's other diseases out there it's generally just the opposite that falls are more susceptible than adult horses we don't know much about the epidemiology of this virus come comes from where does it stay how is it perpetuated what what is in the interaction between young animals and an adult animal and and here's here's an interesting observation if if we look at these outbreaks in adult horses they generally happen at riding and boarding facilities we rarely see an outbreak of coronavirus in adult horses at a breeding operation and it seems that for adult horses being around falls that act more like as the amplifier 
It's like the kid going to daycare. Well, guess what? They're going to come home with a snotty nose and then I'll pass it to the parents. It's very similar. We, we suspect it's similar where, where falls become infected probably without developing clinical signs, and this virus is then amplified in the environment and spill over to adult horses. And, and if these adult horses, we're looking at, you know, brood, brood mares, breeding animals, if they are infected on a regular basis, they will mount a natural immunity against it. And if you look at outbreaks in adult horses, as I mentioned earlier on, we see these outbreaks in adult horses that have no contact to young stock, which means that one possibility is that as these horses get older and they are not reinfected on a regular basis, they become susceptible down the road. And it seems that at least in adult horses, these viruses cause a greater and a more severe clinical entity. There's a lot of information we know about the virus. Are we dealing maybe with two subtypes of viruses? One that is more spread and prevalent in falls and another type that is, let's say, more virulent with greater potential for a pathogenic effect in adult horses. So what I'm trying to say is there's still a lot of research that needs to be done in that field. Unfortunately, like always, you know, equine research is limited in funding and by the time that we recognize a new entity we have diagnostic modalities and even treatment options there's certainly not much support you know to further investigate some of the really basic questions that we have in regard of this virus so i hope that you know this podcast and all the attention that equine coronavirus and the human coronavirus gets um, right now will actually foster new development and new discoveries. Well, that's a great point. And thank you, Dr. Pustula, for being our guest today on Disease Du Jour. You can find an equine coronavirus research article from Dr. Pustula and his colleagues on equimanagement.com. Search for the word coronavirus and look for the article, Research Indicates When Coronavirus Should Be Suspected. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Disease Du Jour. And thank you to our sponsor, Merck Animal Health. Please listen and rate previous and future episodes of Disease Du Jour on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. Thank you.